Boring, boring, boring. What are you doing here? Why don't you take this bottle and go to bed? Paradiso Dear listener, welcome back for episode 9 of Cinephile Paradiso. My name is David Charles Collins and I'm in for a bit of a treat this evening, as are you. I'm overwhelmed by the wisdom, grace and beauty within this room right now. Not just because of my co-host, but also because of our special guest. Um, floating already, and we're only like th- 30 seconds in. Well, I've had half a drink, so yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit brave. Um, today, with us, we have a special guest. I'm Rita Happy. How are you? I'm good. Lovely to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I have a little bit of a bio for you. Oh my god. I'm, I'm also here, Quaid. Thanks for, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for mentioning me, David. <laughs> Um, oh my god, don't read that bio, I need to update it. I can, I can introduce myself. Do you want to introduce yourself? I didn't want to give you yeah. the homework to like, <laughs> Thank I you. hate it when people go, oh, now explain yourself. <laughs> well, no, but I was going to say that and David said no, because I want to make Amrita feel special. So I'm going to give Aww, a big introduction. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god. Well, um, please Amrita, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure, sure. Um, so my name is Amrita Happy, and I am an artist that works with dance and choreography. I feel like... That always shifts around. So sometimes I'm like, I'm a choreographer. And other times I'm like, I'm a dancer. And really it depends on the day of what kind of introduction and who I'm speaking to that I'll give. But for the purpose of this podcast, I'll say that I'm an artist that works with dance yeah. and choreography. And sometimes it's in a theater, sometimes it's on a screen, and other times it's in a gallery. Hmm. That's fantastic. That's yeah. perfect, perfect solution. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. And what have you been up to lately in your craft? I just had a solo dance work at Carriage Works called Rinse, which was epic. And that involved the first kind of work that I have made with a theatre director. And it was a lot of dancing and a lot of talking. So I, um, yeah, I could, I I wish I had you to run my lines with. (laughs) You should have told me. (laughs) And then straight after that, following that, I was lucky enough to be part of Primavera at the Museum of Contemporary Art Australia with a new work, Open Poses. And David graciously was my photographer to shoot the data set that was a part of that work. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like I I was like, oh yeah, David can shoot this because I'm comfortable with him and I need like a thousand photos of myself to make this data set. I feel like we work very well together because I'm like, yep, cool, change outfit, mix it up. And then when I called you, you were like, so what's the vibe? I was like, okay, you know, Coco Rochard Mm -hmm. poses. It's going to be like that, except with a green screen. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I think I was sitting next to that book. It's just up there on the bookshelf. So I'm straight away, I'm like, excellent. We're going to Bang, bang, bang. And is this exhibition still open? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to go visit. It's open until February. So, um, oh, wow, a long time. Okay, awesome. Everyone go. And then I'm also at the moment just editing a new movie image work for Acme, which will open on December 15th. So, I've been thinking a lot about film. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Did you want to introduce the theme for the week? Oh yeah. I feel very special to have uh, kind of like slightly guided David's hand in this. The theme for the week is dance. Dance. Not to be confused with with the first week, which was ballet. This is is dance. This is 
overall all dance. I remember your call types. out for that actually on Instagram and you were like, which dance films should we look at? And I was like, ooh, Suspiria, Climax, Black Swan, Save the Last Dance. We like, did Black Swan, that but was... we, did you see, have you ever seen Barbie of Swan Lake? That was, <laughs> that was one of the films. <laughs> Hi to low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. That's what we were going for. Which film did you want to discuss first? Oh, well, I feel like I quite like on the pod when you guys discuss which films you could have chosen. Oh, yes. yes. And the, yep. the, okay. the yeah, canon that, of that, dance films. Yeah, good idea. Let's do that first. Yeah. I feel like the earlier, the most, the ones I have the most memories of yep. as a child I like Save the Last Dance and oh my god the name is escaping me right now but what was that film where there's that girl and she's from a small country town and then she goes to dance with the ballet and then she falls with the bad boy is it Step Up? no Center Stage Center Stage for a minute though when you said I'm a small town girl that goes to the big city I was like Coyote Ugly (laughs) (laughs) also another great dance (laughs) film I'd be interested to know in the canon of dance films what do you think of? I mean you mentioned, and you also mentioned this as well, The Red Shoes. Oh, I yes. oh, I still haven't seen The Red Shoes. I really, really want to see it. It's is it good? so good. Oh, okay. I yeah. need to make that happen. If you go back, back, I'm thinking of Nijinsky's An Afternoon of a Fawn as yeah. like one of the earlier expressions of dance film. But I guess there's a difference between dance in cinema kind of scape and then moving image dance. Well, I guess mm. that's the thing. It's so broad. Yeah. There's dance used as narrative or there's mm. film that's about dance because mm. isn't there, there's the white Crow, isn't that about yep. Nijinsky um, yep. doing that performance? Yeah, I love the scene where he dances at the end. I feel like though it's one of those things which is for a dancer, when I'm watching dance films, skipping forward from the kind of childhood films and then revisiting stuff like Save the Last Dance, or watching Julia Stiles try to dance and watching actors <laughs> dance. Oh, okay, yeah, I like it. Um, <laughs> get real. Be another question. Yeah, get yeah, real. it's like, you know, obviously Natalie Portman from... That's her. a soft spot for David, Natalie Portman and Black Swan. Oh, no, she did a brilliant job. What do you mean? Oh, my only problem was, <laughs> was the dilemma around the accreditation for the stunt assistant. Oh. That was and the choreography. A little bit swept under the rug. Did she meet her husband on that? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes she did. Yeah. Her husband is the choreographer from the Los Angeles oh, wow. ballet company. Yeah. And he was, he's really hot. Yeah, then re-watching some of these films later and then there's also this dilemma of for something that is like so impressive to watch live I think sometimes the translation can get really lost and like mm. I really love the crafting of a good dance film for me the most thrilling thing is always seeing dance live because especially when it's in some way improvised or you can see the dancers like working physically as well as however you might imagine them working mentally yeah and and so it is hard to capture, but again, I could just be, be having studied dance in lots of different realms. I'm like, you know, am I just being yeah. pedantic? But what, what have you studied? I'm so interested to know. Did you start oh. from like a ballet tap jazz background? Is yeah. that how it started? And then stem to um, I contemporary? S- I studied, so my initial uh, way into dance was through kapahaka, which is traditional Māori dance. And then also through my mother, kapahaka through my father, and then through my mother, like contact improvisation. Yeah. 
which is, you know, three, four, five years old. And then after that, it was dancing at school. And then at the age of about eight or nine, I started doing the tap jazz ballet yeah. route. Yeah, typical, yeah, yeah. And then it went into more kind of serious dance, which is like summer school at Oz Ballet mm-hmm. and then New South Wales Dance Ensemble. And then, of course, like a rite of passage for anyone. Rockersted. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, and then continued on to study at Alvin Ailey over in New York, and then also at NASA, which is the National Aboriginal Islander Skills Development Association. Aboriginal people love an acronym. So, yeah, there was kind of like a wealth of traditional dance knowledge. That's amazing. As well as yeah, just like a love for dance in general. I liked the repetition. I liked the practice. I liked attempting it. I liked that I could do it wherever I was. I liked that I could get out of doing the washing up if I danced for my mother well enough. <laughs> I like video Get clips. out of the mundane chores. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, but I think that sort of disqualifies your insecurity when you said, were well, you just being pedantic about the way you read dance in film? Mm. If dance is a language, then each of these different dance forms mm. are a way of articulating yourself and communicating. Mm. So saying that you have an eye for that just means that, you know, you're a resource to continue the lineage Mm. of using that in film rather than going, am I being too picky? You're saying, right, if I'm going to work in this field, how do I feel like I can grow and add to it with my wealth of knowledge that you have dedicated your whole life to? Totally. You know, I think in some ways, like it's maybe thinking about you go and watch a show, right? And you're like, I, and maybe filmmakers have this when they're watching a movie. They're like, I can see the edit here. Why didn't they ask the actor to do that there? Like, I, I really love right. it when I can relinquish thinking about the process and I'm just, wow, lost this world, is yeah. lost in, I'm lost in this world. I mean, in saying that, you know, dance is like this beautiful thing whereby in the show that I recently made, Rinse, I was talking about dance and I was saying, in order for a dance to happen, it needs to have an audience, like real or imagined. And I think, you know, that could be true of lots of things, but for dance especially, because you're in some way dancing towards or for an audience, whether it's solo or with a theater of people. And I think both of these films, like it's interesting to think about who the audience is yeah, with this. I've never thought about it in that way before. So now I can understand why you hated the dance sequences in Joker, David. Because he, he wasn't performing for anyone. He just went into a bathroom by himself and started dancing. And I thought it was a form of self-expression. But here I am, God smacked. I was wrong. Oh, I'm he sorry. He could have been dancing for a big other. What is the worst dance movie you've ever seen in your life? It's bad, but I really love it. It's like maybe like Showgirls. But I feel like that's within the realm of, you know, what's that other room? Like, what's that other film? Like The Room or whatever it's called? Yeah. Or where they so all throw, throw forks at the end. And mostly that's because of the acting. But I'm like, on a favorable day, I'll say the dancing is ecstatic. And then on, a, on, a, on another, when I first watched it, I was like, what in the fuck is going on here? Someone like Janet Jackson dance yes. in film and then again, yeah, watching something like Center Stage and being like, you know, I love this whole soundtrack. I want to learn this dance and hiring it out. Or even like Audrey Hepburn in oh, Funny, Face, Funny Face, when she's an, Fred Astaire. That was a dance sequence of that. You know the bit where she's doing her, she's all dressed in black and she's doing the sort of jazz routine? Yeah. I mean, I've got the song where she's like walking down the boulevard. She's like, I want to go to the den of thinking men. <laughs> and then she's doing this kind of, yeah. you can't see me but I'm like doing these like postmodern <laughs> hands. But um, 
my first crush as a child was on Fred Astaire. I used to fantasize about being Sid Charisse. <laughs> I was, you know, in bandwagon, put my mom's heels on and be like, <laughs> is there a sense of, um, I don't know whether achievement or gratification is the right word, but when you, as a child, see those people that you really admire and then mm. one day realize that you are dancing those dances that you looked up to as being these not unobtainable things but admirable things and then you one day say to yourself oh I'm, I'm doing it or I can do that I mean is an artist ever really happy I mean no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that cuts deep and that's all for tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm yes. are there locations and stages that you were pleased to perform in were there places where you went oh now I'm performing at the oh yeah touring in Europe with Marigaku and dancing in Bruges and dancing in Paris and other places and doing the show at Carriageworks I'd watched so many great people perform there and so many people that have like shaped my career and so to come back and perform it to like a home crowd yeah it's always like the hardest but the best yes okay so and i think as well been some really magical moments in my career dance is such a physical thing mm -hmm. do you work differently knowing that something is going to be a live performance and almost an endurance piece versus something that's going to be shot in takes and in sections no no Okay. No, choreography to me is like the organization of space and time. Wow. So yeah. it all has the same energy to it. Like in terms of realizing the conceptual framework, I think with making moving image work, usually it's quicker. I feel like I work a little bit like Gaspar Noé <laughs> did in Climax with like a quick pre-production and you know, a little 15, months, day, yeah. 15 day shoot for a feature. <laughs> But it's no, insane. like, it's crazy. whereas with, dan with dance in the theatre, because I'm not only considering, I mean, I am always considering my audience, but dance in the theatre, uh, I usually will, in my own work that I've made, I usually will have some kind of participation. And am I going to stick something underneath every seat in the theatre? Like, <laughs> which I've been known to do. <laughs> like, how can I have some kind of participation? <laughs> Make it clear, we're not doing the original Suspiria, we're doing, you know, the 2018 one. I heard so. in the previous pod that you were like, we're never going to do that film. Thank you. Because yeah, this, please this, don't hate me after this. This, this, yeah. this film is important to me, so I'm, I'm glad we got to do it. So what's Suspiria yes. 2018 about, David? And so, who's it directed by? Yes. Suspiria 2018 is a supernatural horror film directed by Luca Guadagnino. It is a, I would say, a reimagining of Dario Gento's 1977 film by the same name. Uh, Gento conceptualized the original idea. For him, it was meant to be a fairy story about a young girl going off to a ballet company and discovering that it was run by a coven of witches. Understanding the horror aspects that were going to be in the film, he sort of aged up the actresses. I feel like you, you can't really talk about the remake of this movie without talking about its original. And so there has to be some kind of depth of analysis in in that. But it's also fun to talk about those things because I feel like, you know, Argento has such a huge fandom and it's kind of fun and funny to compare. But I think if we're gonna compare, the real standout thing for me, and you know, we're talking about actors dancing, was Dakota Johnson's portrayal of Susie. I was really into it. I thought she did a fantastic job. She was like super committed. I was like, as if she's never done dance before. How is that possible? Because she was so clear. Everything was really extended. I. I believed her, yeah. I think is what I'm saying. 
Wow. Well, that actually plays into my fun facts about this film. Mm -hmm. uh, so Dakota Johnson completed two years of ballet training in preparation for her role in this film. So that's crazy. And then also talking about Natalie Portman earlier, in mm. 2008, she was actually set to star in the film when David Gordon Green was attached to direct it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Wait, sorry, sorry. Natalie Portman was meant to do Suspiria. Yeah, in 2008. Oh my god. Yeah, and then and apparently, a different film. Yeah, and apparently David Gordon Green was going to direct it. Yeah. Wow, okay. So, and then talking about Dario Argento, he had given his permission to produce this remake. However, he was actually quite dismissive of the final result oh, okay. in an interview with IndieWire from August 2016. And he said, either you do it exactly the same way, in which case oh it's not a remake, it's a copy, which is pointless, or you change things and make another movie. In that case, why call it Suspiria? Argento also said what's really absurd is that he was never asked about anything concerning the remake. Nobody asked him about casting, locations, or anything else. Because it's not your film, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let it go. I mean, I kind of feel like you're gonna... You expect that from a director like him. Like, there was always gonna be a dissatisfaction if it didn't have his hand. 100%. It's like, also, Suspiria is what he's most well-known for, so it's like his baby. Mm. And, but I also think that Guadagnino, like, has done him a service by making this movie an ode to the original rather than a remake because it is so intentionally different in color palette in tone yeah in, no and that's thing. Yeah. and i applaud him for that because this isn't a shot to shot remake no. he takes a risk which yeah. is what i appreciate yeah he really does and i feel like the cast is just like stellar well holy <laughs> grace moretz such a random casting for me in terms of she plays Patric Patricia, or was it Patricia? Patricia. <laughs> and it's not a movie I would normally think of her mm. to be in, but mm. like she did a really good job, I thought. And, yeah. and, yeah. and for me, Mia Goff was a massive standout. I really oh. enjoyed her. We know you have a crush on Mia Goff. We get it. I we mean, yeah, we, the, the big, the big one, Tilda Swinton. Oh, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Like, when she plays um, Madame Blanc, she has this presence she about her. She always has a fucking yeah. presence, except for maybe in, like, 3,000 years. And, yeah. Oh, I still haven't <laughs> seen that. And, um, <laughs> God. And then, but also, there's this control she also has in that role. She mm. knows when to pull it back, and there's, like, so much power in that. However, I did feel like it was a bit unnecessary, her playing the other two roles. Oh, I yeah. didn't think it needed to happen because I'm like, Tilda, you're already amazing. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to put all these fake I wondered, prosthetics on I wonder, I wonder if that was like part of her remit. Like in my mind, it's like part of her remit. She's like, no, well, I'll play that and I'll play that and I'll play that. And I was talk I was hearing apparently she has this like, Tilda Swinton has a boyfriend that she brings with her on all of these Oh, anyway, that's, that's another. That's, that's right. Tell he, us the gossip, <laughs> reader. Don't hold back. Um, so th there is a painting of uh, Mother Marcos with Madame Blanc at one point. <gasps> yes, by her boyfriend. By her boyfriend. Wait, stop! <laughs> her boyfriend painted that. Yeah. Fuck off! What? Yeah. yeah. He, he also did the paintings yeah. in the background of Three Thousand Years. He's he's you know he, yeah. he's like, I paint. She, she, <laughs> she's getting her boyfriend work. G good on her. That's that's amazing. And what I did. How <laughs> supportive. How <laughs> <laughs> A boyfriend supportive. lover. I don't know. Like. She was married for a time, and then yeah. this is like her really, really beautiful lover boyfriend. I almost want to bring up a photo of him so we can all look at it. But this <laughs> I is mean, like... show, show me yeah. while I segue into what I also liked about this film mm. is how it explored within the coven how the witches were voting for which leader they wanted to yeah. lead them on. So it was between Mother Marcos or Madame Blanc. So I liked that aspect of the film, definitely. It mm. brought that political... Rivalry, and I think Madame Blanc, she 
represents the more motherly, tender care sort of woman, whereas Mother Marcos is like hang hanging on by a thread and she <laughs> will do whatever she can possibly to live on. Well, I mean, I guess that brings us to the purpose that, that dance is used in this film. Lineage. As it's, yeah, lineage and representation of ritual and magic and, and reinvention because the idea is the central dancer is meant to be a vessel for Marcos to be reborn into. Totally. And I love that about it. It's like there's something about both of these films, but we'll start like with Suspiria where it's like it talks about the kind of like horrifying and amazing transmission that there is in dance. Like I remember like spending time alone in a studio when I first started making work and trying to dance and feeling like everything I did was just like the ghosts of the past of every single person I'd ever danced for before. And I was like, it's one thing to be a dancer and to be dancing underneath somebody else's command. And it's a really beautiful thing, even though it can be highly, it's, I've never had an experience necessarily in my professional life where it's been like super cutting. It's been hard mm. and hard work, but there's something that you like strive for in that. And so this kind of idea of like that the dance lives on through the body and then it's like kind of like transmuted in this really horrific way is exciting like well also yeah. the way though that she ends up Susie ends up dominating that and turns out that she embodies the essence of Suspiria Mother yeah. Suspiria well she is Mother she Suspiria she is Mother Suspiria it, it's, exactly yeah. it's almost like because do you guys remember the scene in the film it's a very quick scene where Susie's mother is dying and yeah. the priest comes in and then the mother says this is my stain on the world so it was almost as if the mother knew my child is a vessel for Mother Suspirium. For Did the you? devil. For the <laughs> devil. What? And also, like, Mother Marcos, I feel that Mother Suspirium was upset because she had almost tainted the bloodline of this coven and mm. she was there to restore what was once lost. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like, and all the teachers, well, the witches that voted for Mother Marcos to, con to continue being the leader, that was when she would straight away, well, she had death. She brought death in mm -hmm. to Who was take also their played life away. by the same actress that played <laughs> Tilda Swinton. She did everything. Um, no, the, the actress that played her mother, who was dying at the beginning, also played death. Oh! I mean, I feel like Tilda Swinton, though, has a history of playing more roles. Well, like... she she was in... Uh, Okja came out around the same time, and she yeah. played twins in that. I think that she was wearing... I mean, Orlando? Hat. Yes, exactly. Oh, seen Orlando. <laughs> what the fuck? I need to I need to watch I'm it. Such a, I'm such a fan of Tilda, like... And I think there's something as well about her that's, that speaks to me. And maybe it's, like, a contemporary dance thing, and maybe it's, like, a dance theatre thing. But you know when you, like... When I watch dance in the theatre, I remember watching it when I was younger. Hmm. And I would be, like dancers like come alive and they do all these like fucking crazy things and then seeing them afterwards and they'd always be like hey like kind of like dorky or like you hang out with contemporary dancers and everyone's like oh they're so cool they're a dancer and they're like the dorkiest motherfuckers of all time like they don't have the same kind of like swag as like and same with ballet dancers they're quite yeah. like they're all really kind they're all really nice um. they're not as like cutting as they're portrayed to be and so then i think tilda kind of has this she's not dorky at all but this kind of edge to her that reminds me of well, yes pina bausch but then also maybe even like a martha graham yep. like maybe not as glam as martha like that kind of embodies this very simple kind of 
but then like horrifying at the same time. There's, there's, I feel I like there's like different though. like archetypes in contemporary dance. I mean, I, but I, I feel like that's also something the movie touches on so well is the fact that it doesn't necessarily pass judgment on this coven as a purely good thing or a bad thing. Mm. It's just energy and mm. almost like a force of nature that can be perverted and used for you know greed and against you know like trying to recreate yourself over other people but then there's also the way that Susie uses it almost as a form of retribution but it's still like in some ways it's still always about like the sacrifice of the body yeah David like, I, 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 like, like, I think I like the coven yeah. is being shown in a dark way though they, they're but, killing young women but it's but it's part yeah I, I like but what that... you just said though about the sacrifice of the body like every movement is a sacrifice totally to, to which is like damn which you're pushing yourself which is beautiful yeah I mean I, I feel like yes okay they're like killing women and there's that stuff but there's With also candy this... man hooks yeah but they're also like they they opt into this well, yeah. choice they've there's created choice. they've created a community uh, uh, like uh, for these people yeah. to be in you know they give them free rooms in the dorms it's they're giving them like a, a chance in life amongst on a, this on political a, unrest on a kind of like if we zoom out for a second though it's like yeah. anybody that they chooses to do dance in some way i feel like there's this like dialectic in it where you're like <laughs> i you have yeah you really like pursue it with a kind of like energy or a kind of like force or yeah. like even if it's not always like or, or almost in service to that force yeah and you're like then at times you're like i am in service to this dance and then other times you're mm. like what the fuck am i in service <laughs> to like it's like this force well i mean even, even like you said before about a de it's almost like a glamour or, or the person becomes a vessel for that that greater thing when mm. you see them separate to their performance or moving in mm. that space mm. they're far more diminutive and within their bodies but then when it's flowing through them they become this thing that it is quite that's why i'm very jealous of musicians and dancers because the <laughs> no i am because the way that their art form can shift you on an emotional level without using didactics it mm. just does it through movement and sound mm. It is a kind of witchcraft and magic totally. I wish that I could do. Like, it, it's, it's incredibly evocative. That's why this, I think, part of the reason this movie stood out to me so much. Mm. I mean, it has, it has that amazing cast and it's such a beautiful aesthetic and great soundtrack by Tom York, by the way. Yeah. But when the dancing and the movement, like you said, the, when she first did her audition... Oh, my God, that scene is great. Just, yeah. just yeah. That what's flowing out of her, the tension, like, the fact that you can feel in every inch of her body... And it's so controlled yeah. but then it's also so free and i also i also love i love everything about that scene there's some i have like a a kink or like a fetish oh. for like rehearsal wear Oh yeah! Like, yeah. So when she takes off the jumper really slowly, totally. and like this and, kind and of socks. and the socks and like you know this kind of I love going into a rehearsal room. I love watching uh, behind the scenes like rehearsal videos. I love seeing what dancers will choose to wear in for workwear. Yeah, it's something really like stylish about it. You, I feel like with contemporary dancers, like they'll usually have like one track pant up, one down. They'll kind of be wearing this like scrappy shirt. I remember taking class in Paris and doing like a ballet class, and there was this woman who was wearing fishnet stockings that were kind of torn with Adidas shorts, like <laughs> but they were kind of rolled up, wow. like a black leotard with like this kind of sheer wrap over the top, red lipstick. 
and then socks instead of ballet shoes. And afterwards she invited me for a cigarette and I was like, you are. And she put, she was like, I just put on my slips. And I was like, you are the most stylish woman I've ever seen. <laughs> like, yeah, I love, like, and I love seeing an audition. There's something where you're like, cool. you're so, I love seeing videos of auditions. I'm like, you're so vulnerable. Yeah, it's yeah. raw. It's raw. The choreographer was Damien Gelet. Oh yeah. So Damien Gelet is, um, He's based in Europe. For me, I first knew about Damien Gelet through like the Brussels or Flemish, like Brussels contemporary dance scene. It was like there was a point in contemporary dance where it moved from the kind of like post-war Pinabouche spectacle to people, in, especially in Brussels, like Balassie de la Bie and oh, I'm forgetting the name right now, but they're called Peeping Tom. And there was like a, a kind of like a host of dancers and there was people like Akram Khan and Sidi Labi Sharki and I feel like Damien Gelé came out of that and Damien has always worked with objects really well or that's one of the okay. things I admire about him. He obviously has an eye for choreography and film but he also has this technique called skidding technique whereby oh, okay. he made this technique that's also it's kind of around like centrifugal movement but it's also about these like big ramps and he trains dancers to like slide down the ramp and use their body against the force of this ramp and i did a, a skidding technique workshop with him in vienna and he's really he really knows how to like use an object he's also really well versed in thinking about how I feel like he makes dance look magic. So he made a new work recently that I saw when I was in Vienna again, which was called Mist. But he's yeah, he's prolific. He's a he's a really lovely guy. But he really knows how to use. I feel like from Tanz Theater came these big sets. The kind of you know you think of it from back in the day in the 1980s with NDT, like these kind of rotating stages, doors going through. So it was like musical theater except, well, in the scale. But. It was more about the kind of, yeah, using dance in a different way. So Damien Gelé is, he's amazing. And he's done a lot of, he uses a lot of symmetry as well in his work. And I wasn't surprised that he was the pick for, as yeah. a choreographer for this. He's, yeah, incredibly experienced. But, and I feel like the choreography is emblematic of him. And so you can see him in it. Mm. But then, then it also, of course, pays homage to like this kind of, I guess, like, original kind of horrifying ritual i feel like in some ways it's all the tropes that you desire in dance like when people talk about going to a ballet class they're like oh, i went to a ballet like especially adult beginners ballet they're like i went to a ballet class it was so hard it was so hard and it's like yeah because you wanted it to be hard yeah you wanted the teacher to correct you yeah to be like oh you're a bad girl you bad job and you were like oh. but you're also kind of shining on the inside maybe it's the same way that like pilates was fucking invented it's like you want to be a bit shamed into doing oh my something God, that was like part of the that was psyche. me at my like acting school whenever <laughs> my teacher would tear me apart a part of me loved it which is oh, really yeah. bad because it is quite toxic and even i would be in class and they'd bring up some very personal things about my life to get me into character so inappropriate crossing the line but part of me you were like you yeah. noticed me exactly and it's messed up i mean looking at it now older i might yeah no that's not appropriate but there is a part of you that but the best teachers yeah. always, in some ways, the, the teachers, abusive ones are the, the best ones. ones. Yeah. No, but like, like some of the teachers I've had, they've been able to like recall things in order to like recall memories, recall different cultural experiences in order to get the best out of me. Again, if choreography is the organization of space and time, then it's like 
how are you going to organize it to get this out of a person? You don't always have to be an abusive cunt, but like, yeah. it, you it, know. It's evocative, not exploitative if it's done right. Absolutely. And, and, and the way you mentioned ballet evoking that sort of, I don't know, almost... Sadistic. Sadistic and almost... Masochistic. I was going to say S&M sort of vibe, Absolutely. I guess, kind of ties a little bit into the costumes, oh, the Rabari robes. But it's also sacrificial. restraint around yeah. the body. Yeah. Also, but like it's meant to be about movement, but then also these costumes, are, they're ropes that are so restrictive and tight. It's sort of that, I don't know. You want to be like, you want, like, don't you, like, freedom is understanding limits. It's so funny you should say that because one of the lines in it is Tilda Swinton saying, every arrow feels the force of gravity pulling it towards the earth. It's that idea of yeah, pushing against that, that thing that totally. pulls us down. It's like, you know, the thing with the, like I was reading recently something about dance and they're talking about like dance is the thing about moving towards something. You don't know what it is. It's like prayer, yeah. you know, but it's like with a vehement desire and drive. That's why I feel like dance and horror are kind of like prime for each other, especially in these two films, which yeah. is like, it's like this escalating thing where at first you're like seduced by it. You're so seduced by like the precision, the control, or even like the farce of the lack of control that it just so happens. The freedom. The freedom. I'm, I'm so jealous of it to watch someone use their body in such an an expressive way without them doing themselves an injury. <laughs> someone that can move through space and mm. you know they're not just a head wheeling around on a body. Mm. It's yeah, they can totally. utilize all of them. Totally. How intense and disturbing was that scene when Olga is about to leave the dance school and then she gets lured into the audition room, the training room that's yeah. surrounded by mirrors and then her body is just all of a sudden being controlled by this, I don't know, by this spirit, by this essence and whenever Dakota Johnson, Susie, was like dancing in the other room Every time she would make a move, it then Olga would punction. like the force of that dance would then Puncture. push Yeah, yeah punction Yeah, like <laughs> That was really disturbing, and it's yeah. it was so I couldn't take my eyes off it. But at the same time, I was like, "This is fucked." And Olga's body's becoming completely disfigured, and but that's like, like the nice like uncanniness about it, right? Yeah. Where you're like, "Oh my god, it's like a car crash," but I understand the mechanics of it, and I want to know. It's like that uncanny thing I think in dance, where you're like. Oh my god, did they just like land on their back and break all their bones? And you're like, oh no, we practiced it like 10 times. But then, oh, like, no. with Olga, Olga's face just like changing, I was like, yeah, that kind of like metamorphosis or, or shape or like the kind of like disfiguring is maybe like a sped up version of what I, I, I feel like I'm talking about dance with this like super dark undertone, which is not really as in what this can do to your body, yeah. But then, like, right. it really like I was talking to a dancer the other day who was like, Oh, I was I had this disease whereby like I was quite pit or not disease, but like had a thing in my body where I was pigeon toed, so I was told to do dance in order to make myself stand right that it would change the shape of my body. And I feel like this is like a hyper accelerated of the horrors of dance, but you're also yeah. just like people want to see horror and they want to see something slightly horrifying, slightly like gratifying. Like, you don't want to see like necessarily someone. You don't want to see someone fucking because you. It's like you don't want to see sex and penetrative sex in a movie, which we'll get to Gaspar Noé in yeah, a exactly. second. Yeah, but yeah. you want to see everything that yeah. leads you up to that point, the seduction, which I think I feel like dance is like the some of the most seductive shit because it's like, am I alluding to sex? Maybe. Well, it's also that, yeah. that that tension of it's almost like brushing your tooth, your teeth, and you accidentally touch the back of your throat, and you're, you're like, like oh, uh, and you, but then you go to do it again. Yeah. 
it's dangerous. <laughs> I, I, think that's, I think that's a completely different but, thing. But, but um, it's, that, it's that compulsion to keep looking at something that is fascinating but also terrifying. And we'll talk about this more, I guess, in the next movie because they're... The version with Olga, and I think it's incredible as a dancer, she did that routine with the prosthetic too. You know, that movement was all her also dancing. Olga, yeah, Olga, because I think part of that was CGI and makeup. So what they did, it was they she had a prosthetic leg, you know, it was twisted behind her, and then they green screened out one of her other legs. But it's more the fact that you know she she did them like the movements and stuff she's doing totally in in unison to. It wasn't all CGI. She had to like sculpt her body, which is one of my pet hates in dance is seeing dancers do this face where they're like. I'm in pet or like I kind of <laughs> maybe you have the same thing in acting where they're like okay do an angry emotion and someone's like oh and they start like yelling and you're like that's just like the binary of what angry yeah it's is. like the surface level you're yeah. not actually coming from a place of vulnerability and yes truth. 100% okay Brene Brown yeah. <laughs> I just wish can I just say this about Olga if you know that you're in a very dangerous environment where it's being run by witches why the oh my god, fuck? that's like the horror, like know, it's like horror know, film, but what why, I want. But why the fuck? This is would all you, the crazy shit know, films. It's like, why, why is the story happening? But if you know you're in danger, just fucking leave and don't say anything. No, but she she's wants... there screaming, being like, you guys are witches! And I'm like, I'm like, of course they're going to kill you now. You should oh have just God. left the building quietly and ran away. No, you but she was safe. like, she was, she was like the most horrifying films, like something like Wolf Creek, where you're like, yeah. okay, you can't leave. Yeah. Like, yeah. The thing in that kind of like character development, it's I feel like it could have maybe there could have been more of a service to like, I like I want to be here. I like give it. I give I give myself over to this yeah. place like I'm I'm in this kind of like post-war time where like I've got a good job as a dancer or like whatever and there, there is that kind of I think one of the things when people are like oh so you do dance and I'm like yeah and they're like wow that must be hard like and I'm <laughs> like yeah I guess so like you hold down a job in a company and so it's like fantasy of being like I made it into this company like and also maybe even like trying to save so you're just going like you'd just be like going crazy yeah Yeah. I I think you're in a state of hysteria at that point you're not necessarily being too mathematical because I think even the fact that why do people run upstairs well (laughs) also also, Olga was she replaced Patricia as the central dancer which means she was the next to take Marcos's space Mm. Patricia was also losing her mind when she was in that space because they were invading her psychologically so I think she it's fair to say she was losing the but it's a good look it's a good question like why stay in this escalating nightmare yeah and I feel like and that's like climax that's like climax exactly like Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like this thing of why didn't anyone just fucking leave and I mean yeah I feel like I'm gonna get deep for a second here. It's oh, like it. do it, do it, Amrita. <laughs> get deep. You can like, but I'm like, you know, like why keep acting? Why keep yeah. making photography? Mm-hmm. Like it's why like not just like fucking get a real job? And you're like, because I like it. Yeah. Like, because like no matter what, like you know, I mean, in this case, it's like somebody like talking to you while your house is on fire <laughs> in regards to like being in this dance company. But I mean, it's like. I think maybe the fascination on a bigger level is we all know that we stay in things longer yes. than we should. Relationships. Relationships, places, places like cities, everything, everything, everything. Yeah. So it's like... Because there's that hope that it might get better. Exactly. Or yeah. 
or the th the larger thing that we worship or dedicate ourselves you. to exactly. But you might be seen by it. This is all in service of my passion a for this thing. thing. Exactly for dance, for art, for acting. You're like, yeah. I will, I will figure it out. You know. I'm gonna run up the stairs yeah, and see if they chase me. Call nine one one. Well, in this film, I was. I'm not gonna lie. During it, I was a bit confused by Susie's intentions because the whole time she kind of came across like a deer in headlights and she was like oh anything goes i'll just do anything yeah. that happens the mennonite Even... family yeah but then when you realize that at the end plot twist she is actually mother suspirium then it, that that whole journey makes sense yeah. for me yeah it, it makes sense so can i give some critique about the film i know Please. You, i know i know, I know, you I both, know that you don't yeah, yeah you so don't. i know you both yeah. love it so i kind of want you to bite my yeah. head off, we need a bit of drama in this yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. okay, what I'm gonna say is first off, after rewatching the film, because this is the second time I've seen it now, I now do have a deeper appreciation and understanding mm. for it. Mm. So I will, I will start there. However, that still doesn't take away from a few things. Do you guys feel that this film is in any way a bit overambitious to the point where it does kind of hinder itself? So when I say that, I'm talking about it's exploring these themes of mother motherhood within the dance company against this backdrop of like political unrest in Germany. And I feel like it's quite a vain attempt to create this tension and sophistication. And I feel like the only real consistency in the film is, you know, the grey, blue and beige subdued colour palette that sets the tone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that? David's just no. I, I, I just because... I just suddenly remember Jessica Harp as the original actress that played Susie in the original, and she uh, is um, plays Anka in this version. So and, there's a, oh, a oh. back to her. Yeah, and see, and that's also the whole, whole thing. I think this is a good movie, but mm. there is an amazing movie in this good movie. Okay, that whole thing with um, what's his name, Doctor Joseph Klempeler, Klempeler. Oh, yeah. That. His could it have been scrapped? It could have been scrapped. It was unnecessary. Yeah. It didn't serve any real purpose. Like, without yeah. him, nothing actually changes. Yeah. So that part, I, I was confused. You could take away half an hour from this film and have a very refined, focused, Okay, David's got package. his hand up. Go, David. I Go think David. this feeds into something Amrita was talking about with dance. As Don't dance. bring Amrita into this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get her on my side. No, agree with okay. me, Amrita. <laughs> okay. Dance, you said dance needs a witness or an audience. A whole point of the reason he was dragged in was as the witness for the ritual to make it official. That's the oh. reason they stayed with him. Also, the overarching okay. theme of him is as the pa passive... It's about, again, there's a lot of responsibility of power. Through the entire Second World War, he was a witness to the invasion of the Nazis and a witness to his wife saying, we need to get out of here, we are Jews, we are going to go to concentration camps. He's passive, he does nothing. He says in the film that he's not a guilty man, there are a lot of guilty men in Berlin. Which is like a part of like a, a kind of like a psychologist, like, you know, it's like, exactly. I'm always a passive, I, I'm, I'm here exactly. for you to like, like bounce your, like talk. Exactly. And Susie mirrors that in the end by saying to him, you're right, you didn't kill your wife, but your choice to ignore her concerns, ignore what she feels is happening, to listen to her, you just bore witness to everything and let the world happen around you. You took no action, you, man. You took Step no up. action. Well, the first time, I th I'll be honest, I think a few things went over my head and I didn't understand a few things. The, the main one being that Susie in the end was actually Mother Suspirium. Yeah. That part was a bit lost to me and then I guess the side plot about uh, Dr. Kempler, is that how you say his name? Yeah. That his whole story, I didn't quite 
understand. And because also, I'm really shit with this history. I'm not gonna pretend like I know my history well. So I guess also the backdrop of what was happening in Germany with Marxism, I was very confused Quite about. Family German. Canal. <laughs> Look, we'll get I'm it. I'm joking. I'm teasing. Yes. I mean, to be fair, my grandfather actually left Germany when he was very, very young because he was very ashamed of the country. So yeah. that's why he, like, moved to Melbourne. <laughs> like a lot of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And also, this film, I'm sorry, but it doesn't want to focus on anything specifically because it wants to create this air of, like, tension and ambiguity. And, like... An important scene is when, for me, you know when the witches are voting on mm. who's going to be the leader? Mm. The camera pissed me off so much because it didn't just... It didn't have an establishing oh, yeah. set shot of, like, the table and all of them sitting around the table and, That's like... That's why I it just, it. No, but it just yeah. followed the random witches going through the fucking That's kitchen. I'm like, it. I don't care about that. I care about what's actually happening right here. But that's why it's nice. It's that chaos of breakfast where you're moving and breathing. I don't care also, about also the breakfast. For such a, also, for such a, like... I mean, you obviously love film and, you, you like, for a person who does acting, I love how logistical you are. You're like, <laughs> why the fuck do you just get... Like, what the fuck? Get like, to the get point. to the but, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Because for me, that is such an important scene, but mm. they make it so casual, as if they don't really want you to kind of 100% understand what's happening. I don't know, like... I mean, I think that adds to, like, the ambiguity, which I, I can understand would be frustrating at times, but... I think, I think you made a good, like, I think you made a good point. Like, the character with the psychologist, I was... Yeah. There's definitely some edits that could have been made. Like, this is not the kind of film where I'm like, Wow, I want to see the DC, like the director's cut. <laughs> you know, I want, see, I want to see that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Whereas there's other films where, and I think we spoke about this earlier, like where people wanted to see Argento's like director's cut. They yeah. were like, I want to see the fucking full thing because it was a shorter film. But I think that yeah, there's it. It, it really had a mixed reaction when it came out and underperformed at the box office too, unfortunately, because I think yeah. he wanted to make a part two. Yeah. And then he was like, definitely not. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So, which is a shame because there's like a lot of potential to explore totally. more of the story. But that sacrifice ritual in the end, that was powerful. Amazing. It was unsettling. And what did you guys make of the telepathic scenes? I thought they were a bit unnecessary and a bit of a, you know, a wank Like when fest. they're like... Yeah, of. but I also think that's like homage to the original. Yeah. You know, there's wait, like... there's telepathy in the original. Yeah, oh. before she goes into the dance class, and she's like, ah, oh, and they're like, kind of like talking to her, like the original Susie, yeah, yeah. and then she goes in and she's like taken over, and she's like, I feel weak, but then she's still being counted in, like those kinds of like moments of telepathy, which I think I don't know how much Luca really knows about dance but I I feel like there is telepathic moments in dance especially like in kind of improvisation where you're all kind of like flocking which is to say someone is flocking means that you're kind of flocking like a group of birds so like one person will do one thing another person follows like there's so yeah. much of that and so like, like starlings like starlings and so I think like that kind of makes it clear though there's a lot of there's a lot of ham it's a lot of, like, well, the, 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 the scene did this part make you laugh when <laughs> Um, Madame Blanc says to Susie, oh, when you were dancing, like, what did you feel? What did you feel? And then she just sits back and she's like, it felt like 
like when I'm having a fuck and I was oh. just and I was just like it felt so out of place because this I feel like the movie's trying to be quite sophisticated in how it's presenting itself and then you have quite simplistic language like that and it, I don't know I just she laughed said, she said it was like fucking and she said yeah. man and she's like no an no, animal man. but it's like so a bit of bestiality a bit of beauty and beast prime, yeah. primal sort of I also I, that part made me lol but I was yeah also it's like, a lol moment it's a lol moment because it's like it's right on the nose yeah but yeah. I also think that like I remember talking to somebody about dance and they're a, they're a psychiatrist and they were like, I was like, when you watch dance, do you think about having sex with the dancers? And then he was like, I mean, yeah, like, don't wow. you? And I was like, <laughs> not necessarily. But there's this underlying kind of sexual tension in watching dance. When you're watching someone's body for that long, we can't help it. We're fucking perverts. Like, yeah. as much as people are like, I'm watching it for the art. It has nothing to do with thinking about it. I think a part of bodily consciousness is like comparing, you know, you compare your body to somebody else, somebody else's. You think about what it could do. You think about like how they might fuck, like what animal they might yeah. be. Like, it's all like this kind of, we might not necessarily want to talk about, but it's there. It's the truth. It's the truth. Which then I have to ask you, David, when you're taking photos of naked models, is it for the art? Or is it, <laughs> or is it for? It's always only for the art. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like photography is a different fucking... I mean, I'm sure that like, I've heard about your photo shoots from Abdul. Like, well, is, Abdul like, has, is he traumatized? <laughs> is he okay? Do I need to call him like, a therapist? Make, Abdul's like, make me look thin and also like, <laughs> let's do it. And not in cold weather. <laughs> but I think photography is, you need people to like loosen up. But at the same time, I don't think in the shoots that I've been on, it's as fun as making dance. One acting ex exercise we had to do in class, we had to sit opposite another actor and we had to just like stare into each other's eyes and think like we were fucking each other. Mm, mm. Yeah, and it was really intense. We've talked about this a few times, Quaid. We can establish that you went to a, an, a cult. Like, you were not... It wasn't an acting school. It wasn't an acting school. It was what, off the books. <laughs> what will we give this movie out of five stars? And Rita, you go first. Oh. What star rating would you give you the utility of dance in this movie? Oh, okay. Dance? Well, 4.5. Beautiful. Overall film... Four. Good. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You go, David. Oh, look, I would give it. I would just because I don't understand dance and it really moved me. I would give it a five for dance, mm. just because it really spoke to me mm. to the point where I sent like a message to Damien Jolly afterwards. Oh my god! <laughs> such a fanboy, and he replied. I'm like, oh my god. Um, he's really nice. He's really friendly. Um, and yeah, I think it also opened up my eyes and made me start to investigate. Like, they didn't understand it, but it got me watching a lot more dance. Um, and I feel it, like you've always worked with like dancers and models, or maybe more models. You need to work with more dancers. I like working with dancers because it, they know that how to use awareness. their hands. Well, yeah, they know how to use their hands. And also, they, you know. Crazy yeah. <laughs> 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 hands. No, there's an acting scene. Whenever you. Wrong. A lot of yeah. what actors are pet hate for actors is they're always thinking, shit, what am I doing with my hands? What yeah. are my hands doing? Like, oh, like... Yeah. Um, and yeah. I know, look, I understand that this movie is divisive, so I'm not saying that this is across the board, but for me, this movie is a 4.5. I really... <gasps> Whoa! Whoa! I, I, I really, so then what would you give the original? I would give that probably... I'd give it the same. They both hold a precious place oh, in my heart. Jesus Christ, superstar. Um, but, but because, because for yeah. me, they are... Like, I feel like... And I'm projecting myself all over it. Oh, I yeah, you like are. It, it is... 
both of those movies are this storm of an artist's thesis and idea where they're just like, I want to explore these things, just much in the way that the dancers are moving in response to things. I feel like the director is moving in response to his inspiration to where this movie and this story wanted to take him. So I understand not every note lands, but the looseness of it and the depth that can be reapproached from it. It's pretty tight. It, yeah, I compared to compared to the other film we're gonna talk about. Well, yes. So <laughs> but I mean, but I also understand that that's me personally, and I don't begrudge anyone. You don't have to explain okay. yourself, David. We get it. You loved the film. Okay, what are you, what, what are you gonna give it? Though? Um, <laughs> but, but, so are we doing a dance rating and then? But see, I feel bad. I don't want to. I, I can't give it a rating out of dancing because, like, that's not my forte. I was really impressed by the dancing. Yeah. The, the dancing is phenomenal. It's one of the standout aspects of the film. Have so, an opinion. No, like the dancing is amazing. <laughs> I would give it a five out of five. I mean, yeah. You know, like I have a professional here sitting next to me, so I feel like what Amrita would give it out of five is more important than what you or me would give it no, out of no, a dancing no. rating. But, but I, th I feel like you can still be moved by the dancing. Oh, you, I know. The, you want to give it a five? Yeah, the dancing was okay. phenomenal. It was amazing. Five. Now, what would you give the movie? Yeah. 3.5. Oh, that's, okay. Yeah, 3.5. I thought you were going to yeah. give it. Yeah. yeah. The, the original, four. Okay, that's nice. Oh, 4.5. Oh, undecided. <laughs> a anyway, Amrita, take us to the next segment. Where are we going segment, now? The next okay. film. So, I'm Before you get gonna... started, I do have one more question for oh, you. Oh, okay, David. Yes. Poor Amrita. Amrita, why <laughs> yeah. did you spike the punch? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, why I, did bought, you... I bought drinks <laughs> <old> tonight. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give a very, like, short synopsis. No, that's all right, yeah. the film. Of Climax. Um, so, Climax is a film that came out in 2018, and and it's a psychological horror film directed, written, and co-edited by Gaspar Noe. And it features an ensemble cast of 24 actors led by Sophia Batella. Set in 1996, the film follows a French dance troupe holding a days-long rehearsal in an abandoned school. The final night of rehearsing is a success, but the group's celebratory after-party takes a dark turn when the communal bowl of sangria is spiked with LSD sending each of the dancers into agitated, confused, and psychotic states. So, Ooh. I feel like this film occupies, again, like the cultural psyche of dance, and I feel like there's kind of like tropes in dance. So when, when I say to people, I'm a dancer, they're like, oh my god, so what kind of dance do you do? And I'm like, oh, I guess like uh, contemporary dance, and they're like, oh, amazing. And so when I say contemporary dance, they're like, have you seen Climax? Really? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, yeah, wow, what did you think really of that? And I'm like, oh, they'll ask me if I'd seen Pina, oh, which is the yes. Pina Bausch kind of film set in Wuppertal about Pina Bausch and Pina Bausch's dances, and which is interesting because I feel like this film is like a mix of a lot of styles and it came from Gaspar Noé like going to like a lot of uh, French dance battles and seeing things like crumping and seeing things like whacking and voguing, which are very dominant in this film. Interestingly, he worked with Kat McNeely. She's from LA and she is a choreographer that I feel like came up through, I mean, through a lot of things. She works a lot as like a movement director for different people. So I feel like her most recent thing is that she did Peggy Goo's film clip. Oh, um, cool. And she, she, she's really worked with like a lot of people and cut her teeth doing a lot of amazing video clips. I remember seeing her work for the first time in like maybe 2000 and, 10 2011 in a I guess it's like a showcase in LA that mm. showcases like commercial contemporary uh dancers and choreographers and it's called carnival and people will go there and like kind of show like do like a very rehearsed routine and her stuff has always looked quite um 
like when you see what she looks like, she looks quite witchy. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. For me, when I think of her, I think of people like Ryan Heffington. And Ryan Heffington is also a choreographer, movement director. And he's, uh, what is, he did the, he did that great Kenzo ad. He also just won an Emmy for Euphoria. I mean, there's this like whole host of like amazing choreographers that really like lend so much of their like craft and their skill and their understanding of dance and I think like I've never I don't know Kat personally so I don't know what her method in the room would be but I know with this film that all in all from pre-production to shooting it was and you know it's a feature it took 15 days and some of it was rehearsed there was like three days of rehearsals and then other dancers rocked up and it's like <laughs> typical of like Gaspinoe to like not necessarily script to kind of put the camera on people and say, talk to me about this or talk to them about this, like do something funny and <laughs> just like let people go at, at a pace. And I, it, a part of me really likes that kind of improvisational approach. Obviously the opening scene, apparently they shot 16 takes of that. And then like the 16th take was the, cause there was a lot of like, long one-shot takes which I feel like in film people really romanticize that but for me yeah. I think as a dancer like I'm like I can understand the appeal mm. in like a one-shot take especially when you think about like earlier kind of like Bob Fosse films and something like Sweet Charity and you're seeing the way that the camera is used with different hands coming in and out I was also thinking about you know this is not at all like Busby Berkeley, but like I'm thinking of like great choreographers in film and that kind of like the illusions that m lots of bodies can create. Kat was the choreographer yeah. and I think Gaspar as well was like working off the personality of all of these dancers. There's moments that are really tightly choreographed and I think the rest is all task-based improvisation. So in contemporary dance, yeah. sometimes they, the choreographer will have an idea for the image, but they'll say to you, um, so today I just want you to embody a force. <laughs> okay. And then you're like, all right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're like, go away for 20 minutes, come back in, and you have to like embody a force. And they're like, okay, keep that, teach that to somebody else over here, and that's how you begin. The first time I watched this film was during lockdown, or it was like we were about to go into lockdown. I was not sober, and I was like, watching oh, it kind you of... watch this under the influence yeah that would have been terrifying i, I quite liked it because we were like it was like under the influence but also the music is good like it's similar to Suspiria, like yeah. you know there's good music and i was watching it with a few friends and we were under the influence and people were like yeah like i feel like my body could like do that move and i was like oh my god don't try that <laughs> but like <laughs> well that, that's part of the thing for me that ties in so beautifully with what we were talking about before with the old mm. performance but to this i guess a less of extreme extent what is the name of that dancing where they contort their bo bodies and shoulders and oh. arms that's wow. incredible but bone breaking it's but it's also wow. especially as the movie as climax climaxes and it reaches <laughs> this sort of yeah. strangely i don't know really i mean i was sweating by the end of it and yeah. you just have those dancers that are compulsively doing that like and the doing bone so breaking fast. yeah yeah it's um it's that thing you were talking about before where it's so thrilling to watch but also it's almost You're like Ugh. it's ah. bizarre yeah it's like you know when you meet someone and you're like you are so beautiful you're also a bit ugly and there's something that is like horrifying about mm. you and also like i cannot take my eyes away from yeah you. yeah yeah it's a bit like that 
like wow. like the bone breaking stuff but there's like a lot of like whacking I also really love because I use it in my own work as, as like these like I love the titles in Gaspar Noe's like yes. like flashing over the top the fact that he did yeah. the credits first I'm like and, and then the middle he did all the music yeah, and I also love, you know, it's this text that in some ways is like filters as you're watching it. You're like, oh yeah, like death is a psychological thing or like whatever. It's kind of like these aphorisms, right? Yeah. Where you're like, I mean, sure, but I, I love so it as a punctuation. So I totally, it's like, like it's I love the punctuation of it. I mean, he's also like, you know, maybe it's a bit of a French stereotype to be like so loved and hated at the yes. same time, especially by like you know, with some of his earlier films, like, I love this, like, fact about him, about love, the film that he made that was just basically, like, a porno. But in 3D. But in 3D. <laughs> and, like, apparently, like, they came out in, you know, nine, like, came out in 2008, but then it was re-released on Netflix. And during 2020, when everyone was super horny, it, like, people were watching it. And he's had people come up to him and been like, yeah, man, like, after I watched I watched Love with a girl that I wanted to hook up with and, like, uh, made her horny, and so now we've, like, been, like, <laughs> hanging out ever oh since. Or, like, <laughs> it guided me into my first threesome. <laughs> where I was, like, and I was, like, where was that when I was having a threesome? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, I mean, it could go either way for his movies. Like, you either have a threesome or you throw up. Like, it's, it's he's yeah. quite, well, it's quite manipulative. T talking about throwing up, this yeah. movie made me physically ill oh, that I was feeling sick by the end of it and I think a big part of that was you know how a lot of the shots the camera would move upside down mm. and then you couldn't quite make out what was happening because you'd have the flashing like strobe lighting you'd have people like dancing and then a little bit except not as tight yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and you'd have like people moving and contorting their bodies in like strange ways almost like they started looking like not human they started looking mm. alien and because the camera is just like moving around so fast i just started feeling ill and i think like after i left the film it gave me that similar feeling that um harmony corinne's kids oh yeah made totally. me feel like it's a movie that i'm so glad that i was there for the experience yeah because that's what this film is it's an experience it's not really following a narrative or no. a character journey yeah but I don't know if I could ever bring myself to watch it again yeah, because no. of the feeling that it brought up inside. Like, yeah. I felt so sick. Like, like it, it was like, whoa. It's, like, perfect to watch as you're maybe, like, getting high or something. Like, yeah. I, I mean, maybe that's yeah. what I should have done. With, like, maybe. a group of friends and then you're like, whoa, this part's fucked up. But would have it maybe freaked me out a bit I more? Say, I don't know if I could handle it. Yeah. Because, because even, you know, eating it perfect, eating it, I was eating while I was watching it, perfectly sober, like, the anxiety that I was feeling watching the second half that beautiful, it's a 45-minute take, the last, second half of the film. Yeah. But there's, I think there's, what, five takes in the whole film? Oh no, there's, it was there's six well, takes. Well, there's no, there's like apparently there's seven like one shot takes, yeah. and there's like very memorable one with the dancing. There's also that scene with Sofia Vitella. who plays Silva. Who Silver. plays Silva? Yep. I love I loved her outfit. Oh yeah, she she was iconic. She was she's, like, she's iconic. Also, she yeah. was like I was, was like how old I couldn't help I was like how 
old is Sophia Batola? I, 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 I was shocked. I was shocked. 38 when she made that. I was like, I was expecting 22. No, yeah. Yeah. She's got a great skincare routine. I still got it's it. It's called being French. <laughs> well, exactly. It's cigarettes and liquor by the look of it. And then for also anyone wondering what the sangria was spiked with was LSD. But I need to ask you guys something. When watching this movie, I was like, a lot of the like the characters, how they were being affected by the LSD, it's, it kind of at times felt like meth rage. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. does LSD have that effect on people? Because my cousin back in South Africa, <laughs> she told me this story about a friend of hers who... A friend of a friend of yours? Who had taken LSD and then he went missing for four days yeah. and then they eventually found him at some random farm in the fields and he's and jacking he, off and fucking well, no, and, and, and guess <laughs> what and nice. guess what he told them he, he said for the last few days I've been chasing a goblin oh yeah and you're saying you don't believe him I, I um, mean, that's terrifying that people would be willing so, to so put themselves through this potential... I mean, I, th I think there's a bit of... How strong was this LSD? Yeah, I, I yeah. think this is playing off the... It kind of has become a bit of an urban legend. It's set in 1996 because allegedly there was a French dance yes. troupe that was spiked yes, LSD. Yes, this apparently happened, but not to the extent well, that... Well, th that's the yeah. thing. LSD won't necessarily make you more violent than you already are. Though... I don't know, it does different. Like, there's yeah. no bad drugs, it's just bad circumstances. Bad. Well, but oh. also, when interviewed about this, <laughs> Gaspar Noé said, even though the LSD was used as the catalyst because it was based on the urban legend for the incident, for him, the movie's more about alcohol abuse, and I do see that. We've all had what? those. What? Well, we've all had those nights where we've had a bit too much to drink at a certain party, and you just sort of spiral and you move from it's, room to room. It's and funny room though. Happening. I it's don't know. Funny though, like seeing like you know, you never think of dancers as drinkers, and like no. in the opening scene, <laughs> I think scene, of them as smokers. You definitely think yeah, but not drinkers, yeah. So you've got this opening scene where they're interviewing them and they're like, how much do you want to make it? Yeah. And they're all kind of have this tepid but enthusiastic. And that's Gaspar Noé interviewing the dancers as well as the choreographer. And they're like, oh, do you do drugs? And they're like, oh, you know, I've done cocaine once. Yeah. And so there's this kind of well, like... a bit of weed sometimes is fine. A bit of weed. Yeah. Like there's this coquettishness around like taking drugs. Yeah. But then obviously it's a different thing between opting into taking drugs and then like not oh then yeah not yeah. opting in at all and like what that what that does to you like yeah. I think like psychoactive drugs have like you know this, yeah all different kinds of effects but yeah it does seem a little bit like more methy but then it also seems like somewhat believable because they're all kind of like losing their mind it's like imagine going on a like you're on this like really heavy trip you haven't chosen with, to be you on, haven't chosen to be on of no course context. it's gonna heighten you it's gonna yeah. make you paranoid. It brings out all of these things. And also, as we were talking about before, why did none of these fucking characters leave the building? I mean, why did they not so, leave the building? Climax, so, or really what it should be called, how not to parent <laughs> that mum, Gazelle, you should have taken your child Gazelle and wasn't the fucked off. Emmanuel was the mum. Emmanuel. Oh, sorry, yeah, Emmanuel. Emmanuel was the mum. I was like, honey, what the fuck are you doing? I and mean, then her son comes film, out, and, and then the he most, starts drinking the fucking the, punch. The most horrible. And the poor boy yeah. is then trapped in a room, going through his own trip, and he's like eight years old. But yeah. it's almost five, like it's five. almost like or one five. of those things, though, where you're like, I'm gonna. Have you ever been really high or really wasted, and you're like, I'm gonna put this somewhere so safe. Yeah, I'm gonna do the, the I'm gonna best do the thing right best now. Best thing right now. I'm gonna like do it with all of my heart, and but you're it's like intoxication logic. I mean, there was a part of me that's like. There's like a verbosity with it whereby I'm like, 
unless I was, unless you're high watching it, which yeah. this time when I watched it, I was like sober. I wasn't high. So a part of me is like, you kind of want to be there until you don't want to be there. Yes. Mm. I, I guess it's like, you had to be there. The thing in both of these films is like beyond the witches, beyond the coven, beyond the acid. Is beyond like, the acid. Who's this like big other? Yes. That's like watching you perform for them when mm. they're high and when they're not high. Like, what are they doing for, doing it for? Like, I found in terms of like one of the critiques of this film is like we didn't get enough character development yeah. to care about the characters, even though like. I find I found even though they were kind of annoying, like some of the interview scenes where they're talking about gave you having enough. gave you enough. But, but but also I was deeply sympathetic of Selva. Like I really but see, but I think you were positioned to because she was the only one that really had the limelight or the opportunity for the audience to be invested. Because I, was... I didn't really care about any of the other characters except for the little boy. I felt really bad for him. Do you think there's a process of identification? <laughs> well, he did. He did. Like, he was, we did the psychotherapy one the other way. Well, no, I mean, he did wear glasses, and I remember I had glasses since I was two, so I think part That's of me right, was part of that. me was projecting, and I was also, like, because my dad was a massive party animal, and I was mm. definitely you know, locked in a cupboard at some point. <laughs> no, I wasn't, no, I wasn't locked into a cupboard, but I was definitely in party situations where, because, you know, as a kid, I was a big mouth, I'd always go back to mum's house and be like, mum, dad did this, or mum, <laughs> I saw this happen. Oh my god, you oh, dobber I was. Yeah. I was the biggest dobber. Like, it was It was really... You're like, let's see how this plays yeah. out. Now I'm the director now. Yeah, let, Mommy! Let, let, let's make divorce worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are Gaspar Noé. Because what, yes. you, what you've done there is you're like, I'm going to create a chaotic situation, stand back and watch everything blow up in yeah. front of me. And, and in the beginning, you mentioned before at the very start, where the interview with the television, you have stacked VHSs and books that are things that... And Suspiria was there. Suspiria was there. And yeah. one we talked about the other day, Silo. So yeah. all these people. Oh, oh my god, I love film? Silo. Oh, there we go. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I <laughs> feel like, like I, I love torture. <laughs> I love eating I shit. I love, <laughs> I love Pasolini. Yeah. And I also, there's like a dance, like there's a choreographer, Meta Ingvarsten, who does like a really good interpretation of it. No way. I love, okay. I love. Pasolini's like drama and the whole history of Pasolini like it's like a I don't know that much about film but no I think you do I'm actually quite yeah, surprised that you've, you've come on here and you're just mentioning all these things which and I was like oh my god Amrita's like a cinephile you are a cinephile <laughs> oh Amrita you, okay. you belong on this podcast yeah, so like, we need you here everywhere <laughs> yeah, yeah you're not moving like, <laughs> I just want to like I love I love as well like painting the scene right now like I'm sitting between <laughs> the two of them they both got their computer screens they're kind of like talking towards each other and I'm like I feel like I'm adjudicating yeah <laughs> like a tennis match can we talk about the characters Mm. Is, is that okay? Mm -hmm. So, like, David is the class whore, mm. and it, I guess it's not known... Because he always talks about how he slept with everyone in the class, but you're never really given the truth there because you yeah. don't really know how many people like he's definitely like, like, fucked yeah, so far, but that's maybe... Yeah, there's a bit it. of an it, a thing happening there. But also, I felt bad for Riley because I, I, he was really confident and he was like, I'm going to get with David, and yeah. it didn't happen for Riley. Yeah, projecting. But he did, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not projecting. But he did have... I'm the straight boy. <laughs> but he did have his big daddy DJ to, to comfort him he's in the end. He's very lucky. He came out of the whole night pretty unscathed. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's what I was going to say. I want to talk about Lou, okay, because she was sober and the poor thing, she's pregnant, so she's not drinking, 
And then, I'm sorry, I've already cancelled Dom. They are, I don't care how high you are, you don't start kicking and abusing someone and then with the knowledge that this person has a baby and then you start kicking their fucking stomach, you're a monster. You're but it's an like, absolute it, monster. In terms, like, of, in terms of creating, I guess, tension. Like, tension, it does that. I feel like I want to draw it, I want to draw attention because I, I like that you point out like that these things are wrong and bad, but I feel like it's, it's similar to that thing of we need uncompromising yeah. or evil characters. We Definitely. need them to be like developed and we need them in film and literature. We need a conflict. We need a conflict and we need growth. to like and we need to see the complexity of people in order to understand things. I really don't like it when people are like there was a great quote by Otessa Moshveg who uh, wrote um Oh yeah, my oh. my year of rest and relaxation. Oh, I'm, I'm reading Nova at the moment. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. crazy. There we go. But yeah. she was like you know, when people talk about banning books or banning yeah. things, like, I don't yeah. think, or cancelling things, cancel it's like, culture, yeah. I, it's not necessarily cancel culture, but it, she was making the point about Nabokov's Lolita and also the film of Lolita, whereby we need to have, like, the complexity of the human condition in things. You know, there's some things, like, when we have, like, the Bechdel test and, yeah. and other things yeah. about, like, yeah. women in representation in film. But we need to see, like, evil characters. And this kind of, like, Lord of the Flies mentality. Yes. I was like, I had not a good thing to do. Not a good thing to do. But maybe in the... And not necessarily developed enough in this arc. But I was like, yeah. he drove it. Well, also, no, 100%. And because... Sorry. Dom did actually think that... You know, Lou had spiked the drinks, so there, I guess there there was a reasoning behind it. But then spoiler, all, spoiler. <laughs> but but also, what I don't get is that so Lou is completely sober. Why the fuck did they not leave? Instead, well, because, they go to Dom. Stop asking these fucking questions. I know, but, 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 but the reason why. Yeah, wait, no, but no, 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 no. Let me answer. Let me answer. It's 1996. There are no smartphones. Probably terrible reception. They're in the snow. They kicked Omar out. He's dead. And they're they're in a um a boarding school rehearsing, which has accommodation. I'm assuming that they're all fucked up. It may not even occur to them to drive, but also they might be, well, also they might be snowed in, like it's snowing heavily outside. This is true. Um, and and I think that back to your thing about Dom, I think it's important for, like you said, audiences need to be horrified by certain actions. One hundred percent. Know where the line is. Also, there needs to be that gradient of things to be horrified at. Yeah. Throwing Omar out in the cold does not seem the same as kicking a pregnant woman in the stomach, but it killed him. But if you're in a group of yeah. people going, you poisoned us and chucking someone outside and not thinking about it because you're out of your mind. And you don't want to leave the clan. When you sober up the next day, you're like, well, I also committed an evil that resulted in someone's death. But Yeah, I, can... I hooked up with my sister. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's been going on for a while, though. We, yeah. we need to talk about that. But the thing with Lou is that, so they're aware that Dom is fucking off their face. They're, they're on a trip. Yet they still go up to them afterwards and they're like, why did you do that? I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you can't Classic reason. Drunk old you, you can't reason with a high person. But yeah, talking about Omar and incest. Okay, so Omar didn't commit. No, incest, no, we know that. So Gazelle and Taylor, they're the siblings in the film. Yeah. And Taylor is very possessive over his sister for reasons unknown at the beginning. And he's saying to his sister Gazelle, yeah. he's saying, oh, why do you like Omar? Like, fuck Omar. Da 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 da. Anyway, luckily Omar gets. Well, not luckily, but <laughs> Omar gets blamed. Luckily for Taylor, I should say, Omar gets blamed for, you know, the spiking of the sangria and he gets kicked out in the cold and dies. But then there's that horrific scene where, you know, Gazelle's being, like, assaulted by her brother and then later on he says to her, don't tell mum and dad. I was, like, he's like screeching. He's like, the next morning, he's like, don't tell dad what happened. And I was like, 
Oh. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I was like, I mean, I think the other the other scene that I really liked because it, I look, I'm not a dude, so I don't know this, and I know that girls speak about well in my experience, like with most of my friends, women, men, and trans non-binary across the whole gender. I think like talking about sex in explicit terms is mm. a really thrilling thing to do. But it was just really funny. That scene where there's... Oh, with Cyborg and the other character. Yeah. Yeah, where they're talking about, like, you know, it just seems so, like, homoerotic where they're like, yeah, yeah. I would, like, fuck this person in the ass and I'd fuck this person in the ass and then they're like, yeah, no lube, haha, <laughs> no jelly. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm kind of like, the more you say that's what you're doing, the more I just, like, straight up, like, don't believe you. Oh, like, you're all talk, yeah, but you can't do the walk. Yeah, but I was also, like, it was kind of, like, I don't know how you both would have read this, but I was just, like, there was a part of me that was, like, <laughs> gross, but there was also a part of me that was, like, part of me was thinking, like, oh, the attention that they must have paid to, like, the girls or the men mm, yeah. in it, and they're, like, talking about all the things that they would do, which is, like, a fantasy it's not yeah real and, and it's two men hyping each other up while they talk yeah. and like you said there's that um eroticism that is being drummed up with to whatever they're whoever they are projecting that onto but there is also that undeniable homoeroticism of them sort of testing the boundaries with each other going what about this thing like yeah. you know just oh, that have you done of, it like only what, joking what, yeah. unless it's <laughs> serious yeah, do you want to fuck yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I imagine as a dance trip, not to get too bass, but I'm like, everyone's super healthy and fit. Everyone is hot. I'm like, cheapest creep. In my, in my, I will say I this, because people working. like, people like, <laughs> people always like to dances, fuck other dancers. And I'm What like, a profound question. Like, yeah. But I'm like, people are like, you guys must, you're like rolling around on each other all the time, you know, like it must be getting kind of steamy. And then I'm like, I've never slept with another dancer and also and you've heard it here first in Cinephile Paradiso <laughs> and, and Rita has not slept with any of her co-dancers uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 thank you thank you I just wanted to wait for this announcement yeah. uh, but like yeah people are like you guys must all be having sex all the time and you're like oh well no we're like we're doing all these other things and it's like not that yeah it's like in the practice of it, it's not that sexy that, that's funny people say the same thing about photo shoots especially the oh, time yeah. that i do and they're always like oh it must be this really sec like sexual oh, atmosphere and i'm like no i'm i'm getting trying really hard to, yeah, to make like, everyone feel comfortable to make everyone feel comfortable like, trying like, hard or feeling hard but you think you you are when you like i've always you know when you when you're on a photo shoot you're like Okay, like, I just need you to, like, lean into this a bit more exactly. and take your top off. I mean it. Just, like, you're doing great. Well, that's just it. And, and, like, and, tr and trying to make a pose as well that is probably, like... In a, between you, 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 the you, end pose and exactly. the beginning. So it's not comfortable, but you want it to look comfortable and relaxing. So people look at it and go, oh, my mm. goodness, that must be so, like, luxurious. You're like, no, everyone's just waiting for it, like... To end. To end, you know? Yeah. Has he got the shot? Has He's he got, got the like, shot? a thousand. Do what we, the yeah, fuck more? Exactly. How many more of this do you need? But I wonder with this, like, especially in some of the longer takes, like, how much they would have pushed each other and yeah. what I can, I, I am imagining in my mind, I'm imagining Kat McNeely or myself as a choreographer behind mm. the camera. Like I'm, and whoever is operating and I like part of it because you hearing her voice, you wouldn't have been able to yell over the top, but then other parts they would have like yeah. put music. And so I'm imagining like 
if it was me, I would have been like, keep going, keep going. <laughs> Great. So let's just go to the wall. Like, let's use it all. Like, how are you going to, like, let's go further. Come on, we can go further. Like, what the, like, steps of encouragement would have been to yeah. really, like, get them into the zone for those scenes. Because some of them, they would have need to, like, they would have needed to, like, follow them a lot. And you would have needed to do it, you would have needed to do it, like, you know, at least 10 times. And it's, like, the, especially that scene where Sophia Butella is like going kind of nuts and then she does this like all of it was believable until she does that moment where she like goes into the splits against the wall and I'm <laughs> oh, like, yeah, that oh was, yeah well, sure I, I, yeah, that I was yeah. a reference to possession yeah. it's sort of oh. yeah sort of, oh. I haven't seen possession yet is it good it's a nod to that and that was also in the, in the VHS in the VHS yeah, yeah. 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 but I also love the bit there where she, she slides her hands in and stuff and is feeling herself and, and then suddenly she freaks out because she she's can't like stuck she's like I'm stuck to myself like we've all been there right yeah it's a bit of a yeah and what about Jennifer the coke fiend because I feel like that wasn't deserved. I mean, she was put on fire, the poor thing, by Alayla. But she, but she kind of did that to herself. Yeah, she fell back into she a Bunsen burner. She fell back burner. into a Bunsen burner. I was like, okay, that creates a tension. And, well, and also the tension of something that I really loved about this film was, well, and found horrifying about this film was, yeah, that moving from space to space and the tension being risen by what you've just passed and what you're going through, like the screaming of the kid in the background, then just hearing that, then the woman on fire, and then you just peripherally see that and you can just hear her screams from rooms away. I also mm. feel like it set up this nice like feeling of like, especially because Sophia Batella does it twice. So it sets it up like in yeah. this like nice space of like repetition and then we're in the round. I also really liked where the angle was that we were like, okay, we're following you now. Like when the we're camera following Daddy and we're following yeah. Ivana and like and also the downfall of poor David. And the downfall <laughs> of him. David. Yeah. Then, I mean he was kind yeah. of I mean I feel like he would have made a few enemies in that dance but, group but with so, sleeping with everyone. Well I mean I shouts out to Ramon Gilera. He is such a babe. I stalked him on Instagram also, today, I'm not gonna lie. To, like, to, he's to hot. Play, like yeah. to play that sort of icky character that you're like, oh maybe oh, I don't know. Oh maybe but also, watching, I don't know anything about dance, but watching him dance at the oh, beginning. Oh, he was the fuck fucking mate. standout. Incredible. Yeah, he was like, he was, um, for me, I was like, there were so many moments, but I was like, wow, in that whole routine, like he was really front and center. And he was really framed, I feel, to yeah. be the standout. I also think it's like, I don't know, what do you think about this? Like playing a really despicable character, does it give you more to work with? Oh, well, I've always been told that when you're playing the villain, you need to actually justify everything in your head and you can't actually think of yourself as the villain. You have to love the character you're playing, otherwise the whole time when you're in that being, you're always conflicted saying, oh, but like, I wouldn't do this, so why are they doing it? You can't, you can't think like that. And I mean, I think this film is not necessarily like, there's not like one bad person in it. It's like, mm. we're seeing the kind of flaws of everybody, like everyone's, yeah. I would, to summarize, I'm like, Everyone's fucking messy. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Messy bitch. And you're left leaving the film not really. I don't know. Did you guys like any of the characters, or did you did you leave feeling a bit alienated? Where you're like, oh, you guys were actually all really shit people. I loved the distance that there was in it. It's like allowed. I think that allowed. Like, there was like a distance, but then there was also still like you kind of follow your favorite dancers because yeah. you're introduced to them quite physically. And then you're kind of watching them chill out and you're introduced with this dance scene. And so you're watching that being like, wow, I would like pick my favorite. It's David, it's Sophia, or sorry, it's David, it's Selva. It's like, you know, the bone breakers, it's all of these things. And so you kind of, you start there with like an inkling towards their skill. 
Yeah. And then it kind of like disseminates, as you know, a little bit more about their character. There's not necessarily a villain. And I feel like similarly to like, um, not that we need to draw comparisons, but like, you know, there is the Easter egg moment of like, we start with, this is like the biggest spoiler ever. Well, no, yeah, we start with yeah, this, reveal. like, I want to get spoilers. out of... Yes! Yes! That's like, what like, reveal of, like, yeah. being, like, I want to get out of... Um, yeah. I forget the name of the character. Psych. 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 Yeah. I want to get out of the Berlin art scene. My, my housemate, he puts acid in, in his, his eyes. eyes. How crazy is that? And I was like, well, the first time, I didn't, I didn't watch those interviews as much, so I was like, whatever, the first time I watched it, and then I watched it the second time, I was like, oh my god, it's so fucking brilliant, there's so many fucking drugs, and me, 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 and she's like, I just want to do my art, and then at the end, where it's like, her putting, and she kind of, her character, I found the most unbelievable, I was like, who is this fucking poser? Yeah, I didn't find it unbelievable, I found her the most unlikable, most probably unbelievable for being there, I'm like, you know, she was a great dancer, and she was so mean to her 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 girlfriend, what what was it, Ivana, who ends up you know, getting down and dirty with Silver. Um, yeah, wow. I just, I know that this movie isn't about the character journey or about the character's backstory, but I did in the end. But I really wanted to know why Psych did what they did. I mean, why they oh, came from a point but, of, but oh, we, I want to get away from drugs to neck minute. Hey, wow. I'm going to drug all my friends. Do we not all know that person that talks about how microdosing is going to save the world and they've got the books on LSD and they get a little bit too much into psychedelics theory and then I, there may be truth to yeah. it, but there are like, points like, where they let's push not, it Let's far. not mention names, but yeah, I can think of a few people and I feel like we all know one person. But I was also like, like yeah. it's a perfect, it was like a bit of a basic setup. It was like the perfect yeah. ruse, yeah. which was still because you're so distracted by yeah. everything else that's happening and then you're like oh it yeah. makes so much sense or, also yeah. you know the fact that she's the last one dancing at the yeah end she was so unaffected it. by it but she was a, a fine it comes down to what you mentioned is like a lot of the horror is being an unwilling participant in this like going into a trip knowing that you're going to trip you're sort of <laughs> going for the ride but being told hey guess what you're in store for and just that your resistance sort of being a self-fulfilling prophecy of oh god i'm about to dive into this you know whirlwind have hell. you ever had your drinks have you yes. ever had your drinks by yeah. oh i haven't yeah have you guys mm-hmm. oh that's terrifying yeah like my feeling towards drugs is like I'm like we we drink alcohol like mm. whatever like I'm I'm kind of like as I said before no bad drugs just bad circumstances so for somebody to spike yeah. my drink with acid which has never happened to me but I would be like I would be a bit pissed yeah absolutely or, and especially something like yeah strong LSD but in this film I feel like I like the sudden turn and that like the the way that they've constructed different angles really makes you feel as if there is like a feeling of desperation. Yeah. And that desperation is portrayed through Da-da-da-da. dance. Yes. Dance. Like dance. dance. Like the desperation of like dance that's like permeated through the whole film yeah. where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm out of control. With like, but I also am like highly controlled and skilled within my body as, as I've demonstrated to you before. There was something really nice, like seductive about that thought, like running with me while I was watching this. Even though I will say, like, apparently this whole film, it was just like one page that Gaspar Noe had written. And then that was like how it was going to run. I quite like that. I'm never one to go like shot by shot. I'm one to say like to articulate my vision in a certain way and be like, we're going to get what we're going to get, but I have like a, an arc or a journey mm. or whatever. So I kind of like his spirit of improvisation and that there is like within his process, I feel like he allows for a lot of improvisation. However, 
there are moments in the improvisation where I'm like, it does feel kind of masturbatory. Mm. I know the film copped a bit of flack for being like somewhat indulgent, but then obviously he's made films before, like Lux Eternal, Love, what was the, uh, the one with Monica Bellucci? Irreversible. Irreversible. Like he's always kind of had this like shock. And I think that's like a part of his process is like, doing things with an improvisational nature, which I yeah. can respect. I, I like that in his process as a director. Well, I was actually surprised there wasn't any intense, explicit sex scenes because during it, I was honestly expecting it. There's, I think there's like a, a shot where you, I think it's cyborg. The incest doesn't it? <laughs> I, I need more than incense. Quite like, penetration! Oh, yeah. Well, all, all I saw was like a, bar, a, a beautiful bum moving very fast. I mean, I hope that was consensual. Sorry, I shouldn't have just said that so lightly. <laughs> they they, but, they um, were cuddled up the next morning. They seemed yeah. to both be enjoying it. Yeah, okay, that, that that's great. Um... <laughs> Well, uh, what are you guys giving them? Like Quaid, all you got was a dead baby, incest, like people on fire. And you're like, this film wasn't enough for me. I expected more. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I do find it interesting that people are saying that, you know, people were so offended and walked out on this because I've definitely seen worse. Yeah. Like, I'm not we saying that I want to see Salo. worse. I mean, yeah, we yeah. were just talking about Salo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not as shocking as some of, like, Gaspar Noé's other films. And I feel like, for the most part, like, I wanted to, to talk about the dance. Like, yeah. for me, this is, like, all of the dance feels really loose. Like, it feels really, like, um, they're obviously all highly skilled. But yes. I feel like there's a little, within the dance styles, which I love, there's this, like, autodidactism, which is, like, these are dancers that, like, love dance, that teach it to each other, that get a lot by, like, witnessing each other. It doesn't necessarily come from, like, an institution or a school, even though it's very clear that some of them are trained yeah. at an institution or a school, Sophia Batella. But I feel like that was like a part of the beauty of it was I err away or I'm ambivalent to say like, oh, it's so raw. But it became, it started as like quite like controlled and then it went into this more like raw space. And okay. I liked that he allowed for the natural improvisational quality of dance. Do, do, do you feel like that that was reflected almost in an unintentional way in the filmmaking? Because I feel like this is one of his more... Tame. Re restrained. Yeah. Restrained in its randomness. Yeah. Even though it's a film that's meant to spiral, it does it within the container of needing to have a level of control because it was that one continuous shot where as a choreographer I think you know that that there's that parallel between everyone needed to know their beats of when you're walking from point A to point yeah, B yeah. even though you might be peripheral and they had to fit that in almost an hour so there needed to be that sense of loss of control but within this structure to make it so all work together yeah the camera work was amazing how it moved around them and that was really impressive the timing of like you said these dancers and these yeah. performers knowing exactly where to be and how to appear as if they've they've lost themselves but mm. to be controlled enough to be exactly where they need to be at the time they need to be there which is like every theater show like ever mm. you oh, like, want to like you know create an aperture where you feel like you're seeing someone in the in the hysteria it's like if you look at traditional dance or historical dance over time like some of our fascination with it is like when we're met with this like practiced but also like very real like visceral notions i'm thinking of dances like the tarantella yeah i'm thinking of dances like you know kind of like elko island morning star dance where they there's this whole part in the dance where they kind of like 
cry about this star that it'll never rise again and there's these women like beating themselves as, like beating themselves on the back like wow, the yeah. pathos that's kind of like elevated where you're like oh my god i'm like totally like in this chaotic moment so in that in that framing i'm like yeah like gaspar noe did like a great it, it, or not, I don't want to say he did a great service to dance, but like <laughs> yeah. he did, like he he made it believable in the controlled kind of chaos yes. that is dance. Not that we all take LSD or whatever, but what would you guys give the film out of five stars? On a the first time I watched it, I I would I gave it a four. I I, I think it's at a four, but like. I feel like for dancing, yeah, okay, it's a consistent four across the board for me. Maybe like well, three point five to four. Yeah. What about you, David? I, I would give it a three point seven, and the reason oh. for that is when I first watched Quaid introduced the fact that I can do point systems in my brain. <laughs> um, I first time I watched it, I didn't know whether I liked it or not. I thought, what the fuck is going on? And mm. then I had such a physical response to it. I was sweating. My heart rate was. Yeah. And then the next day, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Like it just kept me in such a space. And even thinking about that dance sequence at the beginning, it was so euphoric. It makes you so high, like really optimistic. Mm. And then it just crashes into this spiraling place where there are those really grim sort of look into the void horror sequences that he's so good at, where he's like no, look at this thing. But again, in a very restrained way for him, he mm. might have shown you a dead body afterwards, but he didn't necessarily explicitly show you anyone dying in this movie in the way mm. that he normally would. But um, yeah, I think that this movie left me more with what I gave it credit for the first watching. So that's why I would say something close to a four. Because yeah. Yeah, I was like, in my mind, you know, the thing where I was saying earlier, where I was like, you watch a show and you're going, oh yeah. You might have done that. I was yeah. I was doing an edit in my mind. I wasn't totally seduced. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, from a choreographic background, I was like, oh yeah, because I'm still looking or m editing or making notes. Yeah, I think three point five. What about you, Claire? I agree with Amrita. I'd give it. I feel like it's also a day thing. I'd give it a three to a three point five because it's hard. That movie, if you were to inject some character depth into it uh, then i honestly that that would have elevated the film in my opinion yeah it, maybe it didn't need to go there for a lot of people but for me yep. yeah but i as soon as i did finish watching the film i straight away knew that you were gonna like it thank you it was such a david <laughs> charles collins film oh, it was you. very underground scene sort of love it love it i was trying to get a reaction out of him but he didn't react he just <laughs> looked, looked at his phone <laughs> That's how I get a reaction out of you, quite. Yeah. Now, David, did you want to explain to Amrita like the last segment of how the episode I goes? Really call it a segment. It's it, not really a segment. It, what would the you scene, call it? The, the scene. Act. Yeah. The scene. The act. A scene. No. Um, so the last scene is we select the next theme out of oh the glass. Oh my god! Part. So yes. Would you select the next oh my theme? god! Wait. You wouldn't have done this for me because no. I just No, no, we, we do this we do this every week, yeah. Okay, oh my god, I'm digging deep. Look at that foley. <laughs> okay. What is the theme? Oh, fitting. Power. Oh. There you go. Oh, okay. Something to think about. Yeah. Wait, that does say power. Someone's got terrible handwriting otherwise. Mine or David? Oh, that's yeah, that's me. David. <laughs> I was like, power it's or paper? Paper. Paving. We need a concreter to come on as a special guest next episode. It's um, about grout. <laughs> um, cool. Thank you so much for you coming so much. on. This You're amazing. Much. Thank you for having me. You have to come on one day again for 
Yeah, dance 2.0. Dance 2.0. Yeah. Another thing. I mean, this started kind of going. No, but this started going into drugs a bit. So I feel like if we ever have a theme with drugs, you need to. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Drugs. Yeah. Drugs or 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 even like I yeah drugs or I feel like there's a lot of movies about strippers, which I guess is kind of like dance. Oh, hustlers. Hustlers. One of my favorite films. Yeah. 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 You can follow Emerita. On Instagram at Amrita underscore moves and David, you can follow him at David Charles Collins and you can follow me at Quaid Kirshner, but also please give us a follow on Cinephile Paradiso podcast on Instagram. David, why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good chat. Amrita, um, before we go, is there, and this is going to come out next week, is there any projects or anything coming up you want to shout out or? Oh yeah. Um, at Acme, I have a film, like a movie image work coming out. Um, as part of the new First Nations program and the work is called uh, Scripture for Smokescreen Episode 1, Dolphin House Amazing, can't mm. wait mm. Thank you so much Pleasure Cool, cool. Alright, well, we'll see you all next week Thank you so much For power, power. power. <laughs> Love you, bye Bye Cinephile Paradiso is recorded on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.